Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. You're going to have to break the habit of saying the Beast Wars podcast. We're kind of done with that part. <laughs> I consider this to be the... Fu- it, it's still technically the Beast Wars podcast. Next time it will be uh, Stasis Pod, the Beast Machines podcast, which is going to sound weird. I kind of wonder how much of a I wonder how much of a selling point that really will be for people looking for podcasts though. I anyway. don't know. <laughs> so if this is a very special episode, am I going to learn about the dangers of caffeine pills? Oh man, yes. I would I would like to tell you about the dangers of caffeine pills. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. <laughs> now we we are going to learn about the dangers of giant lion robots that just come from space and <laughs> deliver babies. Yes, and also the hazardousness of Japanese school field trips. Seriously! Totally. Okay, I'll wait till we get there, but seriously! <laughs> So today we watched uh, Gao Gaigar, uh, the King of Braves. So first off, does Gao Gaigar mean anything? No. Uh, the the GGG is also used in in the setting as an acronym for Gutsy Geoid Guard. Uh, but Gal Gygar is really just a combination of names of the various parts of yes. the robot. Uh, guy being the pilot, who's, you know, just some guy. Uh, <laughs> and, and whose hair, I think, uh, the animation of his hair is pretty much like the entire budget of Beast Wars Second. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, there is. I, I uh, did initially believe that was a lady. <laughs> I, I could not blame you. Yeah. Uh, there's Galleon, who's the, the lion, and I think, uh, the various, uh, whatchamacallit, the various other vehicles are Gal, Gal Liner, I think he yeah. says at one point, Gal Liner, Gal Drill, Gal, Stealth Gal, Yeah. So it doesn't really mean anything by itself, but it is the combined names of various parts of the robot. Yeah. Okay, so what does all this have to do with Transformers? Well, um, shall I shall I take that on? Sure, please do, because I'm still in the dark. <laughs> I'm, I'm vague on I'm, it. I'm a little confused myself. Okay, uh, uh, basically, after Victory and Zone, uh, the last two, of course, Victory was last season of animated Transformers in Japan, and Zone was supposed to be Zone was basically sort of their version of Rebirth for us, in that it was the multi-part pilot of another season that didn't actually get fully made. Uh, it was released as a video animation, so an OVA. Uh, after that, uh, the thing is, Takara didn't want to stop making robot toys. They you know, still wanted to make that stuff, but they didn't have Hasbro working with them to make more shows anymore. 
because that was the point where Hasbro was really winding down on Transformers. That was like, uh, you know, Action Master time. The 90s. Uh, so, the dark times. Yes, the early, early 90s. So they started working, I believe, primarily with animation company Sunrise, yep. uh, who are best known for Gundam. Yes. Uh, I can yes. see the influence. Yeah, uh, best known. The, well, not just influence. The, the mecha designer, at least on uh, Gal Gygar, is the guy who designed the original Gundam, among many, many, mm. many other things. Okay. So they started doing a series of shows which uh, came to be known as the Brave series because they were all uh, translated as the Brave of something. Uh, in this case, uh, Gal Gygar being called the King of Braves. Yusha! Uh, yes, Yusha was the, uh, was the actual Japanese word used for them. Uh, for several years, uh, those would, they had very, very Transformers-esque designs. Uh, sometimes they would actually reuse Transformers models, uh, to be like villains and stuff, though I don't know that any of those actually got toys. I don't think so, unless um, one of the uh, what six shot remolds got a toy. I don't think any of them ever did. I know one of them had a character named Red Geist, who was just like a red uh, Death Source. Uh, there was also uh, a show. One of the series was called X Kaiser, and that had a. Uh, a, a brief appearance from a redecoed Sonic Bomber, which did get made, uh, which I actually had one of until recently and then sold on eBay for some stupid amount of money. Uh, and so, like I said, the the final one, and I'm not even sure why it was the final one, because by all accounts, it was the most popular one. Uh, but the final one was Gal Gygar. I think maybe they'd started moving on to other shows they could merchandise or something, possibly. But but yeah, yeah they, Gal Gygar was like, it's the peak and the ultimate. It was at their best, and like they combined every little idea from every other show into Gal Gygar. And it is weird that it is the last one, since it's the yeah. best one. Yeah, and like I said, it was the most popular one. Uh, the one most most known about uh, i know that there are i think there have recently been some fan sub projects of some of the other ones yeah uh, at least because i've Jay seen Decker some of my uh, i think might gain a couple yeah, of the other might gain so i've uh, i've seen some of my my twitter anime friends talking about them uh, that and Iron Leaguer, which they will just <laughs> go on and on forever about, uh, which is another sunrise thing. Uh, but not Takara. Well, given context, I think I have a guess as to why this was the last one. Hmm. Mm -hmm. This aired at the same time as season two of Beast Wars in the U.S. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. They could have just gone back to doing Transformers stuff or airing Transformers things. That, that does kind of make sense. Yeah. Right. No, it, Christ, we can localize Beast Wars and then do our own Beast Wars shows. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, and and we'll get to it, but like I said, the the animation budget for this show was far and above what they spent on the Beast Wars stuff. There, uh, clearly. There, there are many weird conversations to be had about animation budgets for anime, but suffice mm -hmm. to say... Whatever money they put into Gal Gygar, they got the most they could out of it. It looks 
for an oh, anime, yeah. a weekly anime to sell toys, it looks really good. Of course, it it, is. this, this is the pretty. first episode we're talking about, so that's usually the best of the best of the show before they run out of a budget or whatever happens. <laughs> but this stuff yeah, looks really enough. good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Uh, so that's what this has to do with Transformers. It It is a uh, a post-Transformers Takara show slash toy line. Uh, it occasionally gets toyetic to the point where there is something called the Goldion Hammer, which is, as as a toy, is just a Pika hammer, like one of those squeaky hammers that turns into a robot. It's but a, in practice in the show is hammer. a gigantic, giant robot super weapon squeaky hammer. Yeah, it is. I need to see this now. He's he's effectively like a, a Constructicon in orange with his quack hammer on his back, and he turns into a giant fist to hold the quack hammer. Yeah, and that is amazing. I love it. Great. And in the uh, the OVA for Gal Gygar final, oh. uh, there is actually the most dramatic card swiping scene. Like security card swiping scene, one of those where they repeat it three times uh, to to release the Goldion Hammer to Gal Gygar. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. This, this is a so, yeah. show that we, I guess we'll get to when we get into the episode. It somehow at the same time it takes the most ridiculous, toyetic, childish things and plays them as seriously as I possibly can, and somehow it actually works. Without being too much comedy or too serious. It, it's the perfect balance of stupidity. Oh, I, I think it's not even so much seriousness as just drama. Yes. Just pure drama. It's not like trying to be grimdark or anything. No, no, no. It, it's it, just super dramatic. It's occasionally a little so, little dark, but not in like grimdark, <laughs> serious, heavy way. More it's like... Oh shit, the bad guys are kind of weird. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, so basically it's, uh, short answer is it's sort of a cousin to Transformers. Yes. Cool. A lot of the designs, uh, I used to have the, uh, the two, uh, side combiners and they just looked like you could put Autobot symbols on them. They just looked straight up like they could be Autobots. I mean, the Gowliner basically got turned into Rail Racer. Kind of. Yeah, this 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 has drill tanks and trains. It's so Japanese. Yes. And, and the double combiners, we eventually did get them in animated in Transformers form. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of the uh, the inspirations for Safeguard in Transformers Animated, the combiner of Jetstorm and Jetfire. And I guess also, um, what's his name? Uh, Energon uh, Omega Supreme, sort of. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot of that look, especially with the two, you know, the, the colors on each side. Mm-hmm. Well, he so might yeah, also so be a reference a... to um, Kickhider. Kickhider? Yeah, Kickhider. Mm. I'm still curious why they named the uh, Transformers animated combined form Safeguard instead of Firestorm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. They probably well, couldn't DC's get it. DC's lawyers, I guess. Yeah, yeah. probably DC trademark stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably get to the actual episode. <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah. since we're, you know, we're between Beast series right now, we thought we'd watch the uh, first episode of this, which first aired February 1st, 1997, King of Braves is Born. Yes. Yes. So dramatic. 
<laughs> and we opened with a couple driving through the Arctic, I guess? It, it looks it could just be a storm. I think it's just a snowstorm. Yeah, it, it's probably it's a probably blizzard. meant to be a reference to like it's like northern Japan or something up in Hokkaido, which gets really yeah. snowy. But it do, it does look like the Arctic. There's a lot of snow. Oh, yes. yeah, it's a hell of a storm. Anyway, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, maybe having a kid or something. And then She this... wishes for one upon a shooting star, and yeah, apparently Fate's shooting really star quick at answering a... that. <laughs> oh, sorry? And apparently Fate's going to be really quick at answering that wish. Yep. yep. With a I, I... giant robotic lion. The implication, they... I believe, uh, the, the impression that I got was the implication was that they were having fertility issues. Yeah, mm. it's pretty explicitly Superman's origin all over again in Japan. Oh, yeah. the, 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 this is Ma and Pa Kent here. Yep. Yeah, or Goku. Or, I don't know, well, Jesus. Goku didn't have two parents. I guess. But all and, of those and origins... Jesus didn't come from space. <laughs> all of those origins mm. would be greatly improved by including a giant robot lion. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're crashing into the giant robot lion is... It confuses the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. How Why so? do they both fall out of the weirdly tall van? Because it rolls over. That's just how mm-hmm. these things happen. It doesn't roll over though. It's like still visibly standing straight up. Then the guy falls out. Yeah. And then fall- the and woman falls out despite being on the other side of the van when they were in it. Comedy. Maybe they have seatbelt laws or a lack of seatbelt laws. Of- Maybe they don't have seatbelt laws. I mean, yeah, anyway, you're right, the answer is comedy, but... <laughs> anyway, this I'm robot spits out a baby, and in what I assume is an homage to uh, the first Superman movie, you can definitely see those uh, baby's genitals. Yep. <laughs> yes! Oh, Japan. Yes, you can clearly see... Not even see a minute little, into the show. baby peen. Full frontal naked child. <laughs> well, I think child. it's... I mean, I have to, I have to admit that... You know, if if the kid is that small, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It, it's yeah, it's a little. Elephant Japan does not it. have as many issues with that as the United States does. No, yes. uh, see crayon Shinchan. Yes, ah uh, Shinchan. Or, you know, Dragon Ball. Yes, yeah. but yes, he is a little little boy. You can definitely tell he's a little boy. And, and so then they the, just adopt this kid as a strange visitor from another planet. And uh, then credits. Yeah, yes. the and also credits. the robot lion just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, I've delivered yeah. the baby. I'm going. Yes. I mean, the, and these these opening credits, like, I'm pretty sure these opening credits also were, like, the entire budget of Beast Wars Second. Yeah. yeah this is typical for your, for your anime series. The opening is super nice looking. Yes, it's 1997. Uh, it, yeah, it aired in 1997, and it looks really, really 1997 anime opening. It's got this really bombastic song, and it's just super pretty and energetic, and it's great. And much like a lot of the special effects we'll be seeing later in the episode, it's also got really vibrant flashing lights that tell you it aired before Electric Soldier Porygon did. Yeah. They, <laughs> oh, yeah. Spoil, there's a seizure warning for this episode if you watch it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and unfortunately, this this does show the big combination from the end, which does somewhat uh, blunt its impact when we do see it. 
Yeah, I, I get the feeling that in general, I don't know if it's just Japan, spe- Japan in general or, or anime specifically, but they seem to have a significantly different attitude towards spoilers than Americans. Yeah. Yes. See also, will Scorponok return? Of course he will. <laughs> I think anime well, series... Well, the episode, Ultra Magnus dies. <laughs> Anime's yes. gotten better at that, well, at not being as spoily in the openings for some shows nowadays. Like, they'll hold off a bit of animation of a character who hasn't shown up yet, or an ability a character mm-hmm. has. But still, yeah, an anime opening is going to spoil a lot of stuff. And the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I don't speak Japanese, so the theme song spoiled nothing for me. Do You Yay. didn't read the subtitles, I guess? The theme song didn't have subtitles for us. Yeah, our our copy uh, was a. It's from uh, the original Media Blasters dub, uh, which was released in 2006, I believe. And yeah, that didn't have subtitles on Um, the opening credits, at least in the English version. Uh, Apparently, the the copy you shared with the others who don't actually own the DVD, I had it. I watched it in English. There were subtitles. A different track. Huh. I didn't see any subtitles. Well, I, I might not have watched that version. I might have watched a different version, and Maybe I did not were, get any subtitles. They were covered up by the thing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it talks about mystery, adventure, excitement. Yeah, we're, it, is, it is the 21st century, and uh, Tokyo is overrun with goods and people. Now, according to Wikipedia, yes. uh, it is eventually determined that it is specifically... The far future of 2005. Yes, it is the year oh. 2005. It, it is the year 2005. <laughs> yep. The far-flung future of uh, 11 years ago. Yes. <laughs> so, well, old. so old. A ways ahead of when it actually aired. Still, not that far. They're not so too distant. open on a, uh, on a class of kids, uh, including uh, Cal-L here. <laughs> Who is uh, now like eight years old, I guess, and voiced by uh, Ash Ketchum? Yay! Oh, actually, he wait, is. Uh, yeah. don't, don't we actually get the seizure gif before that? Oh yes, there's the a moment while they're face. talking about how Tokyo is is full of people and trash mm-hmm. because. I don't know, Tokyo. environmental thing. There is a brief moment of this super creepy villain. Oh, yeah, the oh. weird purple and magenta face that looks like it's being animated by somebody using the warp effect in Photoshop. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. Uh, the bad guy from uh, System Shock. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, he's like ten frames that keep repeating forever. To a strobing light, his name is actually Bazdar. He's the big bad of, well, half the show. And he's just ordering. He's the big Baznar. (laughs) (laughs) That does remind me a lot of, uh, specifically in Master Force and Zone, how the bad guy was actually some weird creature evil force thing that was working with some Decepticons versus, say, Victory or any of the American stuff where the, the enemy was actually a Decepticon. Yeah, that is kind of similar how he works. And maybe it's maybe it's a Japanese thing where they know the big villain isn't going to sell that well, so they don't bother making the big villain a toy. Ah, huh. never huh. thought of that, but that does make sense. Anyway, back to the children on their field trip to Garbage Island. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, just wander unsupervised around this garbage dump. Yeah, the plane I... rust and refuse and who knows what. Listen, do it... you guys not have and hepatitis then... in Japan? <laughs> it made me really sad that this was nearly 20 years ago that they they did this, you know, moment of this cartoon that had this deep environmental message about waste and yet nearly 20 years later basically we've all just sort of gone eh <laughs> I, I tell you what though we're not sending our kids on field trips into garbage dumps that's oh. that's true and that the teacher is just being assaulted by flies and pigeons <laughs> yes but yes then she's basically like I'm out of here and because, you know, she's being assaulted by flies and pigeons. So, yes, they, they allow elementary kids to dig around in a junkyard unsupervised. You know, try not to get eaten by rats. Whatevs. <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't seem like a good idea. No. And then they're finding all these perfectly good electronics all over the island. Yeah. <laughs> good. Like a mini disc player. <laughs> and a little <laughs> mini discs. A little we'll still be using those in 2005, right? Yeah. Probably. I mean, I guess maybe that's why they're in the garbage. So that is pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were way more popular in Japan than they ever were in the United States, too. Oh, I was gonna say, kids probably also found a big pile of Divix players. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, zip drives. HD DVD players. I guess those weren't around yet in 1997. Oh no. man. Bunch of old oh, laser man. discs. Oh, yeah. At one point, that... the dub calls out a TV as being from 2002. Yeah. Yes. And calls it a flat they, screen. They which, lament you know. that they they lament that uh, people are throwing out perfectly functional electronics, which I'm sure is some sort of statement on consumer waste that immediately gets ignored for like apparently the rest of the series. Yeah, because we've got a whole Planeteer team of uh, kids who will be paying attention to here. There's uh, there's the main there's kid, also a... uh, Ash Ketchum. There's uh, there's a nerd, there's a fat guy, and there are two girls. Yeah, there's the annoying girl and the love interest girl. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forget the annoying girl's name, but the other girl is Hana, the pink-haired one. Yeah. Oh, and our yeah, main character, which doesn't get, our main character doesn't even get named for half the show. His, his name is Mamoru Ami. Uh, a mommy. Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Ash Catcher. <laughs> anyway, and he I, occasionally has green hair. I did notice at one point that he just seems to have very early season Ash Ketchum eyes, too. So mm. that's appropriate. Yeah. You know, he just wants to be the very best like no one ever was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't fault him for that. That's a perfectly good thing to aspire to. <sighs> All right, so, yeah, they're digging around here, and they accidentally activate uh, what appears to be David Letterman's wall of TVs. <laughs> yes. In a flash of – and things show up on the screens that are not explained in this episode, but four characters who will be the main bad guys, the the four heavenly kings, Pizza, Penchinon, Polonaise, and Primarda. Wait, wait. One of them is seriously named Pizza? Pizza, yes. He's the guy with the long yeah. nose. Like the food. Uh, yes. I remember well, that now. The, the rest of them are sort of is like... Is he the Noid? No, he's got sort of... Well, they're, they're sort of Italian food named, but... Uh, oh, sure, that makes total sense. Yeah, it's a, the pizza. One guy's actually named Pizza, and he's the best of the bunch, or the most interesting of the bunch. 
He's well, a, obviously the most delicious. Also, yeah. he, he's quite a deliberate reference to Cyborg 002 from Cyborg 009, the series. Because he flies and he has a pointy nose. Okay. Anyway, each one of those four things, yeah, they it, they're themed after, like, well, pizza is, is aircraft, um, Penchino on his boats, Polonaise and Primarda are, like, land... Well, one of them's a train, the other one's cars and stuff. It's a theme they do later in the show, but... So, they're not in this episode. Yeah, it does Glenn become the... evident later in the show, and they're really neat designs. Uh, again, I guess they fall into that thing where they can't really sell villain toys that well, so they just don't bother making the villains toyetic. Uh, but they're really cool designs, and I recommend looking them up. Okay. I, I swear I've seen the one that's in like the sailor uniform with the Joker grin and the weird... Two different eye goggles. Oh yeah, things. he's got I swear like an eye patch. Yeah, yes. he giggles in the creepiest way. He's probably been used in animated gifs and, and segments in music, anime music videos and things. Just chattering horribly. Because he's cool. Oh, and this sequence would also probably be another seizure warning area. Yes. Yeah. So much of this is uh, do not watch unsupervised. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of flashing. So then we cut to uh, G. The, what is it, the gutsy... Gutsy geoid guard. Well, there is one thing that happens first. The TV wall turns into a giant electronic junk golem. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, what, is is it a dragon or a a chicken? It's a horse. It's It's like, it's sort of like a horse. Yeah. Yeah, it's got sort of a unicorn thing going. Yeah, it's got a unicorn. I think it's it's, a little bit of a lot of things. (laughs) Yes. It's a vague, menacing, black horse unicorn night thing. Yeah, it's it's very sort of the robotic version of the kaiju of the week. So Yeah. In this case they were at a trash dump, so it's made out of trash. Yes. Next time they'll be at an arcade, so it'll be made out of a pachinko machine. Except for the American version of it, they'll first have to explain what a pachinko machine is. <laughs> well wouldn't they just call it a pinball machine? Probably. Not in the episode of Power Rangers where that happened. Oh, they oh wow! It weird. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed it would be a thing where they, uh, you know, pretended that whatever they were eating were donuts instead of rice balls. Uh, <laughs> no one's as bad as Pokemon with that. Oh, I think at some point Pokemon got self-aware about that and oh, just tried did. to do it as badly as possible. Oh yes. <laughs> well, as long as nobody's get, uh, having any invisible guns pointed at them. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> as long as they this, aren't taking this out this, oh, this this dub isn't for kids, is it? Like the not no you know, for no. children, but the okay because it does no. have some of the same voice actors. No, it's it's yeah. media um, blasters. Yes, as okay. long as they're not taking out anyone's vagina bone, then we're okay. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is a meme I will have to introduce you to after the show. But wait, that's not even how. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, there's this vaguely sinister government organ or non-governmental organization. Uh, they eh? do seem to be a private company. Well, actually, when they fir- we first see uh, this guy with a long, luxuriant ponytail, <laughs> uh, voiced by uh, Yu-Gi-Oh's Dan Green, and they call him president, and I first thought that that was supposed to be the president of the United States. No, no, he's the president of the <laughs> Which would be amazing. He does no, look kind of like all... a ridiculous character, but yeah. He's, he's, he's the president of a company. His name is Tiger. Yes. 
He's not yeah, actually Sandler's like the a, an old people. professor guy with rocket roller skates. <laughs> not just an old professor guy. That is Doctor Wiley. Yes, it's you clearly. You cannot tell like, me that is not Doctor Wiley. He's Doctor Wiley. I, yeah, okay, that is definitely Doctor Wiley. <laughs> he's got these ridiculous eyebrows that like go out and then go down. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Oh, and we do actually see a shot of. Uh, Pa Kent from the beginning of the episode is actually working in the office where President Tygo was. You just see him in one little quick shot. After you see some woman's bosom. Huh. Of course. Well, and also, um, we see, we get a brief cut of, uh, of Ma Kent as well. Because yeah. this monster, it, it's on the news. Yeah, we see that a little bit later in the episode. But, uh, there are oh, so right, many shots in setting up the, the gutsy geoid guard, GGG, the company, that there are little background references to things that actually happen later. Like, uh, th- there's one computer monitor that has duct tape all over it. That comes back. So they had a lot set up in just this first episode huh. that you just would not notice until it comes Thanks. back. <laughs> and yeah, they're, they're all based in this sort of big future city in Tokyo Bay. Yes. Which is a recurring thing that they keep trying to expand Tokyo into Tokyo Bay in real life. But it happens to epic and really ridiculous proportions in anime. <laughs> this time it's at it least It does good. come up a bit, because I know uh, in the uh, the current storyline they're doing in Sailor Moon Crystal has something to do with that. So anyway, they, they, you know, they've got to do something about... Apparently this is the second time that something like this has happened. Yes. Uh, is that, guess, second, yes. Oops. <laughs> second time, oops. Yep. Maybe they should have done something so it didn't happen again yes and so they they've got this uh, they've got that robot lion from the beginning uh chained up because I, it's not like a like a piloted robot it's like alive right yes yeah which, which is... is sort of unusual for uh shows of this nature no actually the, the brave series like i don't think every series but like every other series like the robots are actually sentient some series, they're okay. just piloted machines. Some series, they're actually intelligent. You talk to them. This is a mix. Yeah, some of these are... I know the symmetrical combiners are human-created AI based on some of the human characters in the show, like some of the technicians yeah. uh, who get their minds scanned and, you know, the AI is based on them. Uh in the case, there there are a few of them that are just straight up piloted, uh, as we will find out with uh, the lion. It's sort of piloted by guy, but yeah, but we'll it get operates to that. on its own because it's well, it's an alien lion intelligent thing. It thinks yeah, it I just doesn't just talk. Captured it. Yeah, they seem to have just yeah. captured it. Well, after it delivered the, the little naked child, it's like uh, I gotta hang around. In case shit happens. It's like, yeah, I'll be captured. It, it was going around delivering naked babies to various <laughs> infertile couples, and finally they, they just did a stakeout and caught it. So yeah, they decide to release this thing, and in a launch sequence that involves so many flashing lights that it almost gave me a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. Yep. Oh, also, we had a guy in a mohawk and gunner optics sunglasses piloting no, it's not blades, blades over the that uh, helicopter is called gun the glue. electronics golem thing it comes back gun later glue? 
It comes back uh, later as another guy's arm. I, I assume he uses it for uh, crafts projects. I think it, it does actually maybe shoot glue, but that's not it's gun glue and gun dober, which is a motorcycle, become arms for a robot who is a cop car when he becomes a bigger version okay. of himself. Because oh, combining so kind is of, fun. Uh, kind of like a, uh, a defensor. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Only def- if defensor was a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> this course. show is crazy. But is he a ninja consultant? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, back Maybe to the he giant. Could be like the police force. Robot chess piece monster thingy. Oh yeah, the the sub the lion launches from the sub, which is kind of toyetic. And also, the Japanese military has sent some uh, jets out because holy crap, robot junk monster, and yeah. it uses what what is amusingly a bank of microwaves. It is to <laughs> fire a microwave blast and just blow these jets. It's up. a literal yes. microwave gun. It's quite charming, actually. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, but you skipped over the spot where there's a shot of the giant robot's the ass because. The the ship that the kids came to the garbage island in has become part of the monster's ass, and our five main children are in that boat attached to the monster's ass. Did he skip yes. over that, or did he feel that he didn't want to talk about the boat being on the monster's ass? I wanted well, to bring that. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, kind of like that movie Virus. Uh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Only not creepy. And also, this is considerably less terrible than the movie Virus. <laughs> yeah. Which which Baldwin is in that? Is it Billy Baldwin? I know I it's not Alec. All I know is that it was based know. upon a comic book. I think it is Billy Baldwin. <laughs> anyway, uh, Galleon gets fridged. <laughs> oh. yeah, literally, yeah. He's got, uh, much as he had a bank of microwaves on the one arm, he has a bank of freezers on his other arm, and he uses those to uh, fire a cold blast that freezes the uh, guy, the uh, lion solid. It's just so ridiculous and simple and child logic drawn beautifully. It, it, it's quite charming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the idea of a trash golem whose abilities are all just banks of electronic equipment that's been discarded. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like, later he gets a jetpack that's made out of just discarded fans. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> So they've uh, so they with the lion down. It's time to send in Guy, who is a Bishonen cyborg. He's yep. so pretty. His hair is so pretty. And also, he's Dean Venture, which was driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Uh, I didn't Michael Sinterklaas. Uh, yes. In the dub, anyway. Yes. Uh, but yes, he's got just this. Most of his body is. It's hard to tell how much of it is actually robotic and how much is a suit, but he looks like he's got on a full metal bodysuit, but but some of it is robotic and it's all silver and gold. He's got this magnificent mane of bright red hair. It's just like, the, it's kind of orange. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. Yeah, kind of orangey red. But but yeah, it's it's down, and then he has like a power up sequence where he's you know gonna merge with the lion, and it just poofs out like '80s comic Starfire level of poofy. <laughs> it's yeah. it's amazing. Oh, but he's got the best hair. His his introduction, I I like in the dub. Well, I guess it's in Japanese too, but it's it's better in the dub because. The the girl that says, 
Go get him, guy. His girlfriend. She says, "Go get him, guy." His name is Guy, and he's a guy. And it just. <laughs> yes. I just love the delivery of that. It's pretty great. Also, I, back when uh, Galleon was getting fridged, the uh, Kal-El basically says, oh, I know him from somewhere. And then they immediately cut to commercial, and the interstitial before going to commercial is just a tech spec for Galleon. Yes. The <laughs> like, I know him from good. somewhere. Oh, I saw it between commercials. <laughs> yes. We get one for Garbage Monster, too. Yes. yes. EI-01, uh, which is... No, it's EI-02. Because they very dramatically name it later in the episode. Extraterrestrial something. Oh, what was it? I I have to say it's not nearly as impressive as when they dramatically name things in Pacific Rim, because EI-02 is not that impressive a name. Nah, it's just a designation. I mean, I guess it's impressive because at that point that's basically acknowledging that it's the same thing as what they dealt with before. I can't (laughs) help in this because... I really like Evangelion. Mm-hmm. I can't help but see some, and and that aired like a year to two years before this. I can't help but see a little bit of a parallel there with there being this one creature that arrived, and then there was nothing for for a little while, and then now there are more showing up. So it, it's that sort of same dramatic impact as you know saying this thing is the same as that thing that attacked a couple years ago. That's why we just, have a big old organization dedicated to fighting these things, but they also have zero experience doing it. Yes. But, it just made me think of uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, oh. that too. But uh, that the the fact that the name is so simple and not like Satchel or something makes it uh, a little anticlimactic when they name it. Oh, extraterrestrial intelligence. Yes. So anyway, they're, they're a little worried because I guess they haven't done this merger before, but uh, Dan Green is all get in the damn lion uh, guy. <laughs> no, he's he doesn't. I mean, Guy isn't reluctant at all to get in the lion. And I've actually no. heard it said that that Gal Gygar is kind of a rebuttal of Evangelion's dark attitude towards Mecca yep. is, you know, this this being a very intentionally bright attitude towards Mecca. And so Guy is like, this is all the best stuff ever. So <laughs> it's really just, and I, I love, and this may also be sort of a, an Evangelion-influenced uh, thing, is how bureaucratic the whole command center is. Yeah, so well, having a base and a thing, it's like, I think that was in other Brave series, but this is more, hey, let's do Ava only more toyetic. Yeah, but it's specifically, he's he's giving Guy permission to do this stuff, and often with with really dramatically, like I said, in, in the uh, OVA, there's a really dramatic security card swiping bit, so just that, that bureaucracy of it is is really funny and, and really yeah i i really like it so he's he's got to chase him down because this thing is now turned into like a monster train it's a transformer yeah <laughs> Yay. except it's that is not great animation <laughs> that's more of that weird uh morphing effect that they used for the face guy earlier yeah it's yeah. computer also morphing. there there is a moment oh. sorry there is a moment there where Guy uh, talks to the kids. Uh, you know, he shows up and he talks to the kids. And uh, 
I think Mamaru, but one of them calls him Sir. And he's like, <laughs> hey, I'm not a Sir, I'm 20. Like, that's ancient by anime standards. Kind of, yeah. And- yeah, and then he also gets immediately ejected from the ship <laughs> by a filing cabinet extending out from the robot yes. knocking him off. Yes, he shows up, yes. does some action, and then has a pratfall. <laughs> and, and actually, later, one of the kids then refers to him as that old guy. Yeah, they yes. just keep calling so- him. <laughs> I appreciated that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there, there is a so yeah, it's it's time to merge with this or no? First, he chases them down in like a like he, a train. Yes, yeah. bullet Wait. train. Well, there's the drill tank. Now, is this, which, is this like one train. of his vehicles, or did he just steal a bullet train? No, it's one of his vehicles. It's Gowliner. Okay. Yeah. okay, it turns into the arms of the final Gowgigar robot later. Shoulder. Yes. Oh right, right, it does. Anyway, Sweet I really job. like how this monster train just goes through and smashes everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty impressive. It's very nicely animated. Yes. It is. I want to know how Gowliner got on a track next to him. <laughs> Magic. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. <laughs> oh, maybe it's like Big O, how Big O ran on a subway track <laughs> under the city. Maybe Gowliner's just always on the subway tracks under the city. Secret subway tracks? Mm. Yeah, you know. Maybe. Or disused ones. Yeah. So yeah, they have this uh so yeah, he he gets to uh, is it it's the uh, the gutsy whatever is headquarters right? No, it's City Hall downtown. No, oh, well, City they Hall. Say right. it's City Hall. Oh, I forget. There's that might actually be. There's a building in Japan that's like two towers, but like half of it's connected at the bottom. I forget what it's called. Hmm. And I didn't bother to look it up, but it showed up I, in Godzilla. I kind of was that. It, it is such a tall building to be a city hall. Yeah, like it, it's so tall that the. Uh, EIO2 to try to blast people in it is kind of looking upwards, and you can tell he's looking upwards at like a 45 degree angle to aim. Well, it's yeah. Tokyo. Tokyo is a big city, <laughs> like New York City Hall. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you know, this is the future of 2005, so it's got to be like Coruscant. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. So yeah, he he merges with this thing. There's only a 99 percent chance of success, but uh, Guy does successfully merge with uh, Galleon. 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 Yeah, he's like a boat. Oh, the the building actually it's it's the Tokyo (laughs) Metropolitan Government Building number one. So I guess it actually is City Hall. Okay. But yeah, uh, Doctor Wiley apparently part of his his job. They call him the Professor. Uh, I'm sure he's Professor something or other. Uh, but yes, his job is to apparently tell them the uh, specific uh, chances of each combination succeeding. Yes. So he's C-3PO. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. And he even gets uh, uh, ponytail guys all, don't tell me the odds later on. <laughs> yes. yes. Which is a recurring thing that the president does. It's like, don't tell me that. Uh, oh, what is this thing? Like, uh, hero Yusha can turn 1% into 100% is an actual line that happens later in the show. <laughs> oh. Yep. Uh, and Guy Thanks, is posing anime. badass standing on top of Galleon before he combines with him, which yes. the, the lion just kind of eats him and he combines somehow. That's I don't think that's ever explained how that works. Cyborg. Yeah. Powers. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he presumably... turns into, a, like, a, a humanoid robot now. Yes. Yeah. And then a... he yells at the top of his lungs for stealth gal. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and he's got a very transformery face. 
Yes, he does. Yeah, like the, even Galleon kind of transforms like G one Razor Claw. Yeah, I mean he kind of has the, yep. a face like G one Razor Claw, like his lion face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all very Transformers adjacent character design here. Yeah, so yeah, he would but, fit in a lineup with uh, Razor Claw and Lyo Convoy. <laughs> yeah, because the Japanese do love their robotic white lions. And yeah, Tigertron. Come to think of it, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so even this isn't enough. So it's time for the 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 final combination, which is apparently much more dangerous. But uh, yeah, President Ponytail is all never tell me the odds, and they do it anyway. <laughs> and he one of the like bridge ladies because you know it's it's kind of a Gundam show they always have the uh, the bridge ladies yeah uh, pounds a button so hard it breaks or is yeah, that like it's, a, it's in like case... in case of emergency break a glass kind of button <laughs> okay. and it says I'm pretty sure as I recall it says danger on it yes. on the button also to to give this command he points super dramatically directly at the camera yes oh yeah it's a, it's a real uh, Phoenix right point. It's, it's yeah, pretty great. Oh, before that, though, he does manage to chop the boat off of EIO2's ass and safely place it atop a building. Yes, uh, the the giant government, the, the, the city hall. Yeah, and the final fusion yeah. shown in, uh, approved. Just great. And yeah, this this combination sequence is super neat. Yes, yes. It's, it's very nicely animated. We get all sorts of like moving bits. Yes, and and it covers uh, like I... like the, the problem with Power Rangers is like. Or, or anything, it's like, why do the bad guys let them combine? This explains it in the first episode. It shoots out green glowing gas that knocks the enemy back while he's transformed. Yeah, also, yeah. Like, I, I appreciate that that also obscures any background, so it's not quite as obvious yep. that it's stock tra- transformation footage. <laughs> it serves a great per- So many levels. That there is so much thought put into this simple show for children that you don't even notice, that at the same time cuts animation corners when they can. All the well, pits, yes. pieces just fit so well, like a combiner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I want to know, there, there's a blonde woman who has a few lines here. Her name is Swan White. She sounds really weird yes. in English because in Japanese she says English words every now and then because she's an American character. So just hear her in English saying normal lines with like a slight southern accent just doesn't have the same effect as, oh, wow, coming out every third Japanese word. (laughs) You know, noted American name, Swan White. Yeah, and you can tell she's American because she's got a massive bosom. (laughs) And also a huge, like, forelock of hair. Yeah. Yes, her hair is, is very impressive. Well, the woman who hits the danger button has, like, bunny ear antennas on her hair that are, are her hair. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of anime hair on this show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and with the danger thing, that actually comes back in. The, the combining with to Gal Gygar is actually dangerous for Guy. And the reason she's the one that hits the thing to approve it is because she's his girlfriend. So it does come back. Yeah, and it's that's... like She's the one that's like, if he's going to die... Let it be at your hands. Well, not quite like that, but it's like, if she's okay with it, it goes through. And that was admittedly the context for the dramatic card swiping, is that apparently releasing Goldion Hammer was also very dangerous for Guy, so her swiping the card to authorize it was like a big emotional deal. 
but also at the end of the day, it was a super dramatic card swipe. They get emotional drama out of a scene that's used every episode of smacking the danger button. They have to keep replacing it. <laughs> they just got a big box of them. They slide them in, slide them out. Yep. Yes. They're like, uh, like, underneath they're like the console, there is just like a, uh, like directly underneath it is just a cardboard box full of them, and there's just like a little pry tool in front of it that's kind of looped over the edge of the box that you pull it out. Pop out the old one, throw it in the trash can under the desk, pop in the new one. Yes. <laughs> just um. wrapping them up like uh, like slices of cr- like craft uh, singles. <laughs> um. So he he does the old firing your fist yes, at the guy, but also them. it's spinning. Yeah. After he uses his other hand to create a shield that deflects the enemy's laser back at it by turning it into a pentagram. Yes, he's, this robot is powered by Satan. <laughs> Actually, his uh, broken phantom and broken magnum are named after punches from, I think, a boxing manga. Okay. So they're a reference to something we're never going to see. Also, I feel necessary to note that it's only the upside-down star that's satanic. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a okay, double then. layer. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It just... It's the spinning, so... Stars, so... it looks neat. Yes. Robot fight! Yeah, and, it, you know, this spinning, flying fist does eventually punch a giant hole through this monster's head. Yes. But unfortunately, this monster has seen Terminator 2. <laughs> and it kind of grows back in some animation that initially looks cool, but then just kind of becomes, we're using uh, Photoshop. Yeah, which yeah, is they, I kind of need... It, I it, feel like this must have been very early on in being able to do that morphing animation yeah. because they're pretty fond of it. Yeah, well, yes. it, it works when they're using it for the bad guy monsters because it adds to their unsettlingness that it, that it's a yeah. weird effect that doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. Gets that uncanny valley thing going. Hmm. Yes. And then so eventually he does his uh, burning heart of energy Heaven what? and hell the thing. Ganku Gogufu. Oh. <laughs> I've seen a lot of them, I remember. And, and so he just punches him into little bits. Yeah, well he punches into him, rips the core out, turns around dramatically, as you should, and the monster explodes behind him. Like that is worthy of the climax of a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. And then he's about to crush the Give me your heart. (laughs) Yeah, it basically is. Give me your heart. And he's about to crush it when... Uh, When Kal-El turns into a fairy? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. He turns green, sprouts wings, and says, stop! Don't do that. And they're very fairy-like wings. Yeah. And and then he has a big G on his forehead, like the insignia that is on um, the uh, the Gao Gaiga. Yes, the G stone. And green hair and wings. Yes. Sparkly wings. Translucent sparkly wings. And before we can actually find out what happens in the episode, to be continued, start playing Roundabout. Dun, dun, dun. It's a joke. I'll explain it later. Okay. You haven't seen JoJo. I do like yes. Yeah, they do have they have the great scene. But yeah, that's the end. So we don't find out why he can't squish the little ball in this episode. Do you want to know why? Uh, I'm going to say yes. 
because this credit sequence sure doesn't explain anything. No. I see a bunch of angels and like a, a vase of flowers. Yeah. Hey, symbolism. Um, because inside the ball is a the Zonder core, and the Zonder core, a Zonder piece of Zonder metal has been attached to a human. Inside that ball is a person. And if he squishes it, he ah. kills a person. But Mamoru, yeah. as his little fairy form, can turn the thing back into a human. Because the the giant creepy face and Pizza and all his friends, they're trying to grow more Zonder metals to turn more people into Zonder monsters, which is what the, the things are called, Zonders. And to do that, they have... Well, you turn people into monsters by trying to... Oh, what is it? Like, twist their um, emotions... Like, they have regrets, or they're angry at things, and, and the metal turns them into a monster, somehow. But Mamoru can turn them back and free them of their regrets and anger and problems. Which is actually why the Zonders were created in the first place, on an alien planet with three suns. Oh. So they it's were one part original Sailor Moon monsters, and one part Madoka Magica. Yeah, Pretty much. And, and so I guess this guy was some sort of uh, lovesick garbage man? <laughs> uh, I think he was a garbage man. I forget, because I didn't actually watch the second episode right after. But yeah, most of the... It's like some people have obsessions like train obsessions or cars or planes or whatnot, and they get turned into monsters who turn into like a giant 747 monster and things. Wait, so this guy was obsessed with garbage? I forget. I didn't watch the exact episode. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched the second one. He so. might have been obsessed with unicorns or something. I don't know. Oh, so it was, it was a brony. <laughs> Maybe. I should have let him crush him. <laughs> <sighs> uh, and so, yeah, I uh, you know I'm I'm not well versed in uh, in my robot animes, but I actually enjoyed this a lot. Oh, good. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good show. I I know I need to to go on eBay and clean up the last of the set. Uh they only released the first part, uh like the first like the first half of the series, I think, uh as dubs. And then after that they only released them as subs because they weren't selling that well because honestly even at the height of everything anime being imported over here, the only people who really cared about Brave stuff were Transformers fans. <laughs> you said 2006? Yeah. Yeah, that's like almost a decade after it actually aired. So it was late. So people who really love super robots and stuff wanted it, like me, but it kind of got stuck to the side. So the second set was, yeah, sub-only came out. I think it was a little bit cheaper. I mean, to be honest, I had, like, bootleg VHS fan subs of the first several episodes. Oh, yeah, I, did, know, I had downloaded the entire out, so. series way before in fan subs. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I've mentioned before uh, the weird shops uh, where I used to live, where they'd rent out fan subs, and that was how I saw uh, Final and the dramatic card swiping scene. Okay. All right, so um, that is about it for uh, for the first episode of Gao Gaigar, but we will be back next week as we enter the next phase of our podcasting project. Because the Beast Wars are over, and we're moving on to the planet of Cybertron. 
And you might say Stasis Pod is evolving. That's right. It's an <laughs> evolution revolution. It's Beast Machines. Yes. Yes, it is. So get ready to transform and transcend as we watch the reformatting. But until then, you can find us all over the internet or via accessing the Oracle supercomputer. <laughs> but if you don't have access to that, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash stasispod. We are on Twitter at at stasispod. And we are on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And we now have a Patreon. Please tell them all about it. Yes, uh, our RSS feed is hosted through iaconunderground.net, and uh, we also do the Iacon Underground Radio News Show, uh, just me and David and Alex. And for both of those shows, uh, both Stasis Pod and the uh, the radio show, uh, we have set up a Patreon under patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, we'd really help it if pitch in, you know, help us defray our server costs, uh, domain registration and, and all of that fun stuff. And it'd be cool of you. All right. And you can also find our, uh, uh, you can find us now on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review us. And, uh, and we are also on Google Play. Uh, and we are also on whatever podcast you prefer to use. Uh, if you can't find us by searching, you can always go to iaconunderground.net and find the RSS address there. All right. So until next week, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm... that now and you can cut it back in and you've heard it before if we forget what it's okay all right i always put it with the post okay so are we all ready to do uh the reformatting then yes i will turn the page in my notes (laughs) (laughs) wah wah